Welcome to the Veterans Perspective, presented by the Michigan Veterans Affairs Agency, with your host, Director of the MVAA, Zanetta Adams. Welcome back to the Veterans Perspective. It is July 3rd, and we are celebrating, I'm sure many people are celebrating, this weekend, July 4th, Independence Day. We have an exciting show for you today, so if you have some time, you're having your barbecue or you're out doing some things, I'm, I'm so glad that you could tune in, tune in with us today. We'll be joined by Brigadier General Roth Mauman of the 127th Wing Commander with the Michigan Air National Guard. He's located at Selfridge. Lindell Holm, Director of the Michigan Veterans Trust Fund and also a retired Marine Lieutenant Colonel. And Petty Officer First Class Rhombus from the U.S. Navy Reserves. So, uh, you know, we're going to be speaking with, you know, uh, some of these branches today about Independence Day and what it means to them. But, you know, it's a great show. And I also want to remind you all, if you are interested in being a guest on our show and have an idea as a topic to be discussed on a future show, visit our website at michigan.gov MVAA. Click on the About section and scroll down to the Veterans Perspective link. We'd love to hear from you. We'll see you right back after the commercial break on the Veterans Perspective. Well, welcome back to the Veterans Perspective. And today we're talking about Independence Day, July 4th, um, which has been a federal holiday in the United States going back since 1941. But, you know, there are some great information. And, you know, earlier in the show, I said it was July 3rd. You know, I've been coming and going and I, I, I don't know what days uh, there are. So I'm, 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 I'm ahead in the future, but today's actually July 2nd. And that's very interesting because on July 2nd, 1776, according to the History Channel, the Continental Congress voted in favor of independence. And then two days later, delegates from the 13 colonies adopted the Declaration of Independence, a historic document drafted by Thomas Jefferson. So July 2nd is actually historic in and of itself because that is when the Congress voted in favor of independence. And so it was on July 4th that the 13 colonies adopted the Declaration of Independence. Now from 1776 to the present day, July 4th has been celebrated as the birth of American independence. But there's some interesting drama because why wouldn't there be drama when it, even back in 1776 amongst folks? Um, one of those did you know facts, uh, John Adams believed that July 2nd was actually the correct date on which to celebrate the birth of American independence and would repeatedly turn down invitations to appear at July 4th events in protest. So like he was, he was, I guess he was mad, right? He wanted July 2nd, which is today. So for those of you out there celebrating today and celebrating independence with the barbecues and the fireworks and all those other things, you're in good company because that's when John Adams believed the date of independence should have been. Now, another interesting fact is that both John Adams and Thomas Jefferson both died on July 4th, 1826 the 50th anniversary of the adoption of the Declaration of Independence. Now, you know, uh, we talked about on July 2nd, the Continental Congress voted in favor of Virginia Delegate uh, Richard Henry Lee's resolution for independence in a near unanimous vote. Um, at that time, uh, New York was the holdout, <laughs> but they later voted affirmatively. So it was, it was eventually unanimous. And then on that day, John Adams wrote to his wife uh, that July 2nd will be celebrated by succeeding generations as the great anniversary festival and that the celebration should include pomp and parade games sports guns bells fireworks bonfires and illuminations from one end of this continent to the other so uh you know even july 4th 
carried some of its own drama. And we're so, so grateful. You know, July 4th has been a day, you know, we've seen parades. It's really a day where we honor independence, but we're reminded of the military sacrifice that brought about that independence from the Revolutionary War to the Civil War to the Korean War to Vietnam War, World War I, World War II, all the wars we've gone through even now to the Gulf War, we are fighting to remain free. And so it's really great that we're going to be able to talk with some of those branches. Of course, we didn't we didn't have Army on this one because I, I represent Army. I'm going to represent Army today because I am Army. Um, uh, for all those out there listening, huh, right? Um, but, uh, you know, we're going to be talking with some of those other branches about what um, Independence Day means to them. And so um, I think it's important as we go about our day and we go about our festivities and our activities that we're reminded, again, that freedom is not free. It comes at a cost. And whether um, that service member or veteran has um, gone on and passed away, as we talked about on Memorial Day, or they're still here, but maybe have some scars or have had to leave family or had to have long extended deployments or, you know, all of those things, there's a sacrifice there. And then there's a willingness to make a sacrifice, the ultimate sacrifice. And so um, let's not forget that. And, and let's not forget that in part of the way we think veterans as well. One of the things I want to remind everyone as you're excited and, you know, doing all of these things that illuminate um, uh, independence, remember that you may be living next door or down the street from a veteran who suffers from PTSD or anxiety. And so as you light those fireworks, keep that in mind. Maybe this is an opportunity to get to know your neighbors and find out if it's something that may affect them or let them know that, hey, between this time and this time, I'm going to be shooting off fireworks just to prepare you because it's better to be prepared and know that someone's about to shoot off a cannon than to have it come unexpectedly and trigger bad memories. I know there are many organizations out there as well that kind of have safe havens for veterans who are struggling during these times of year. So, you know, you, you definitely can Google um, fireworks free, um, uh, uh, fireworks free uh, 4th of July for veterans on Google, and you can find some um, air places in your area here in Michigan. So I hope that everyone's safe, that you um, take precautions as you're celebrating uh, the 4th of July this week. Um, in this weekend, and then also that you just keep in mind the sacrifices that those who served make and have made, and keep that in mind as you celebrate um, with all of the flair that you do. Um, we are we are excited to have these next guests, and um, you know, as a reminder, I said it at the beginning of the show, but as a reminder, we welcome your input. We welcome your your show ideas, and so we want you to keep them coming. We've received some. We want you to keep them coming so that we can um, continue to serve you in the way that you need to be served and give you the information in the way that you need to be served. So don't forget that you can go to our um, michigan.gov slash MVAA um, section, click on about us, scroll down to veterans perspective, and then fill out that form and we'll get back to you if your show idea is chosen or, you know, we've, we've um, selected you as, uh, as a guest on our show to, to talk to us. So uh, we'll be uh, back shortly on the veterans perspective. And don't forget, if you need anything, connection to resources, whether it be employment, health care, um, uh, you know, education or emergency assistance or anything in between looking for recreational opportunities, um, mental health um, 
resources, then you can give us a call at 1-800-MISHFED. That's 1-800-642-4838. Stick around. We'll be right back on the Veterans Perspective. Welcome back to the Veterans Perspective. I'm your host, Anetta Adams, Director of the Michigan Veterans Affairs Agency, and please join me welcoming our first guest to the show, Brigadier General Ralph E. Mauman, a native of Gross Point Woods, Michigan. And he earned his commission and Bachelor's of Science in Astrophysics from the Michigan State University's Reserve Officer Training Corps in 1986. He graduated from the Euro-NATO Joint Jet Pilot Training Program at Shepard Air Force Base in 19. 19- 88 and then became an instructor pilot on the T-38 aircraft at that schoolhouse, teaching advanced pilot training to students and instructors, representing 12 presenting participating NATO nations. He deployed to Southwest Asia in 2004 to 2005 in support of Operation Iraqi Freedom and Operation Enduring Freedom as the 738th Expeditionary Airlift Squadron's operations officer managing the daily C-130 flying operations into Iraq and Afghanistan. General Mamman is the commander of the 127th Wing based in in Selfridge, Michigan. The wing is home to 1,700 airmen operating both the A-10 and the KC-135 aircrafts and host 47 tenant organizations. Welcome to the show, General Mamman. Well, thank you very much for having me, and, uh, and I appreciate the great introduction. Appreciate it. Yeah, well, I, you know, we appreciate all that you do. And, you know, we're talking about our Independence Day show here on WJR. And it's just, it's really great to be able to talk to you about, you know, what is really the mission of the Michigan um, Air National Guard and what you're doing at Selfridge. So can you tell us a little bit about that? I mean, obviously, what you can share. Uh, well, first, that's uh, I'm very, very proud to be uh, uh, the commander of this uh, fantastic organization. I'm always uh, amazed at the uh, uh, at the ingenuity and the innovation of our uh, you know 1,700 plus uh, airmen here at the wing that make the mission happen every day. But from a mission perspective, uh, the wing, uh, our primary missions are really to fly uh, two uh, different aircraft, and we also provide what's called an agile combat support package. Uh, for our military. So let's talk about the airplanes first. We fly the KC-135 tanker, which uh, primarily is uh, designed to to extend global reach. Without uh, without tankers, we cannot get uh, aircraft and equipment to across the globe to where our uh, uh, leadership may need us to go. So that is a critical part of uh, of getting uh, our uh, our aircraft equipment and people across the globe to um, um, to provide that deterrence for uh, our nation. And uh, our other aircraft that we fly is the A-10 Thunderbolt, uh, which is a close air support aircraft uh, and um, uh, air, uh, also what's called air interdiction. But essentially, they bring kinetics to the uh, battlefield. So when when our uh, leadership needs us to bring bombs or bullets, uh, that's the aircraft that uh, that does that very very well. Um, we have about uh, um, 28 tens here at Selfridge and about eight KC-135s. Uh, additional to that, we have what's called Agile Combat Support, which is basically the support agencies have the ability to deploy as well uh, uh, all to all corners of the globe to support our operations. In fact, currently right now, um, we have about uh, 60 to 70 people that are deployed 
across the globe uh, as part of the Agile Combat Support Package. Uh, at our peak, we were at over 100 people uh, that were deployed uh, all across the globe, but people are starting to come back now. So again, I'm very, very proud of the, uh, of the men and women of this organization that uh, are patriots to uh, come out and do this, uh, this very, very important work for our country. Yeah, it sounds like you you all are doing some amazing work, and I know you 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 travel all across across the globe with your uh, with your uh, tankers and 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 planes and jets and and so you know I was able to to um, see inside the KC one twenty five, and I thought that was just the coolest thing. You know, I was Army, so I didn't get to we didn't get to touch or even see planes um, when we're in the work that I was doing. So it was just really um, amazing and interesting to be able to see, see that work. Uh, you know, you, you've had some interesting missions. Are you able to talk about, you know, at, at least one of them? Maybe that's the recent highway landing. Are you able to talk about that? Sure, I can talk about that. Uh, it was actually Wednesday the 29th as part of a bigger uh, exercise uh, that we were uh, doing here in the state of Michigan. Uh, we're, there's a new concept on how we provide forces to our, um, uh, or how we present forces in, in in a combat situation. And some of the concerns that we have is our ability um, to operate out of our main operating bases. So uh, a new concept that the Air Force has coming up with uh, and we're still working on is what's called agile combat employment. It's the ability to, to pick up your aircraft and your people and, and be very, very agile. And so our adversaries don't know where um, are the power is coming from, where air power is coming from, and to really confuse them. And so part of uh, the exercise um, was last Wednesday, when we, which was the 29th of June, where we landed uh, seven A-10s on the highway M-28 in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, along with several other special ops, uh, special operations uh, aircraft as well. But what we did, what was interesting with that is we landed the aircraft there, we refueled them, we put uh, uh, bombs on them. Obviously, they were inert bombs. They were not real bombs for because we're in the, uh, um, uh, on, a, on a U.S. highway. Um, but we did all of that operation um, on a highway in the, in the UP. Um, I got to tell you, I was so proud not only of the team on how well they pulled that together, and keep in mind, that was across the entire wing. Our, our tankers took uh, a huge part in that as far as the logistics chain, um, you know, our maintainers to, uh, to be able to, to work in an austere location, uh, our ref our, the fuelers on the ground. Uh, it was amazing. And then on top of that, I got to tell you, I am so proud of the state of Michigan um, and the community up in uh, Alger County who just opened up their arms and let us uh, – uh, do this uh, just prior to a holiday weekend. Um, they were excited to have us, and we were just absolutely excited uh, and and so happy, happy and thankful for allowing us uh, to do that in their neighborhood. Well, you know that's great, and I, you know, as I think about a lot of the air operations, and I think the fact that it's Independence Day this weekend, or you know, coming up, um, I, I I I smile because I think about the movie Independence Day and how a lot of what they did was with the Air Force and air support. So, you know, as we are about to wrap up this conversation, I would just want to really quickly touch on the uh, Selfridge Air Show that's coming up on July 9th. Um, it's free to the public, correct? Yes, it's actually July 9th and 10th, actually. It's Saturday and, and Sunday of July 9th and 10th, you bet. Okay, and it's, uh, it's free admission. Uh, you know, is there a great time for people to show up? What time does it start? 
the actually the doors and parking open at 8 a.m. The the show will really uh, start around uh, uh, noon. But we have uh, a lot of uh, demo teams that are happening in this uh, in this air show. We have our F-22 uh, demo team from the Air Force that will be performing, along with the Canadian uh, CF-18 C-17 uh, um, uh, show will be put on as well. We have the Army uh, Golden Knights, uh, which are uh, parachute jumpers, and uh, and many many more. But again, it's the eighth and ninth. Of, I'm sorry, the ninth and tenth of July. Uh, doors open at eight, and it'll uh, end right around four p.m. And it should be a great show. We're looking forward to as many people as we can. Well, I'm excited to attend to see. You know, it's been a while since I've seen an air show. And I'm really excited to see all the great work that has been put into bringing this together. And it's an opportunity for people to see the base in which you command. So um, thank you for opening that up to the public to find out more information. You can always give us a call at 1-800-MISHFET, or you can just uh, Google Selfridge Air Show to find out more information as well. Is there anything else I missed in the last 15 seconds, General Maman? Uh, no, I think that pretty much covers it. Again, we would love to have as many people out there at, uh, at Selfridge. And if you're interested in serving, uh, there's that opportunity to talk to people there as well. Over. Absolutely. And you can reach out to us as well if you're interested in serving in the Air Force. It's a great place. And I, I say that, you know, if I had it to do all over again, I probably would have gone to the Air Force as well. So thank you so much for joining us today, General Mammon. Um, it's been a great conversation. Thank you for your service and your sacrifice. And uh, we look forward to ha- talking with you soon. Thank you. It was an honor. I appreciate it. All right. We'll be right back on the Veterans Perspective. Welcome back to the Veterans Perspective, presented by the Michigan Veterans Affairs Agency. Now, your host, director of the MVAA, Zanetta Adams. Welcome back to the Veterans Perspective. Uh, Joining me as my next guest is Lindell Holm, who's retired as a Lieutenant Colonel from the Marine Corps in 2013, and now serves as the director of the Michigan Veterans Trust Fund, which provides emergency grants to Michigan's wartime era veterans. Lindell served 25 years as a helicopter pilot and completed several deployments in combat and non-combat operations. He was the site commander for Marine Wing Support Group 47 at Selfridge Air National Guard Base from 2009 to 2013. His awards and decorations include Meritorious Service Medal, Air Medal with Bronze Star Device and Numeral 2, Air Armed Forces Expeditionary Service Medal, Southwest Asia Service Medal, Afghanistan Campaign Medal, Global War on Terror Service Medal, National Defense Service Medal, and uh, the Swarovski Life Saving Award, two of those awards. He received a master's degree in Christian apologetics from Biola University in 2001 and completed his undergraduate work at the University of Minnesota. He lives in Rochester Hills with his wife, Gina, and their three children. Welcome to the show, Lindell. Thanks. It's great to be here. Thank you. And so I know we've had you on the show before talking about the trust fund. And, um, you know, as we were talking about um, Independence Day, and and first off, I want to applaud you for all the work that you're doing with the trust fund. It really is great to to uh, work uh, with the board and to to see the things that that you all are doing and that the board has really approved to move forward with the peacetime era veterans grant for 65 year old plus and and the. and also your entrepreneurship uh, grant to GVSU to help entrepreneurs, veteran entrepreneurs to grow their business. So you all are doing some great work and I applaud you for that. 
Thanks. Yeah, uh, we're very excited about some of the things we've been uh, doing here of late and appreciate all the support that you've provided. And uh, just uh, it's a great mission and, and it's a great, uh, great opportunity that I have to, to be a part of it. Absolutely. And I, I will say just as a reminder to all those out listening, um, if you are uh, trying to figure out if you uh, qualify or you need assistance, emergency assistance, you can give us a call at 1-800-MISHFET. That's 1-800-642-4838. And we can connect you to the trust fund um, for more information um, or to work with the trust fund agent in your area. Uh, you know, we, you know we, we brought you on today because, you know, we don't have, we haven't had a lot of guests that really talk about their Marine military service. And as we're talking about independence, I know, especially when I, when I interact with Marines, they're very, very proud of their service. So I would love to hear more about like, you know, one, why did you join the Marine Corps? Well, uh, I, I'd always had an interest uh, ever since I was a kid, I had had an interest in the military. And uh, as I got older, I was, became very, uh, very, uh, very infatuated, very interested in uh, the Marine Corps specifically. And, but I was also a little intimidated. And so uh, when I uh, was thinking, how am I going to go to college? I found out about ROTC scholarships and so forth. And I thought, well, I'm going to, you know, apply for an ROTC scholarship and you could only choose, uh, I think I was too late for the army and uh, Air Force, uh, I'm not sure if I applied to them or not, but, but for the Navy, uh, Naval ROTC, you could only apply for either Navy or Marine Corps. And I was a little intimidated and I said, well, you know, I don't think I'm, I don't, I don't know if I'm tough enough to be a Marine. So I, I, went, <laughs> I went the Navy route, and not to disparage Navy too much, but uh, that was uh, my impression. And uh, basically I got there, I started hanging out with the Marines right away and I immediately was, uh, going to their parties, uh, uh, doing physical training with them and everything. And eventually I decided, you know what, the Marine Corps is for me. I believe I can do this. And uh, it's full of challenges and uh, full of that military culture uh, that I, I become very attracted to and uh, just decided that, hey, I wanted to be the best. So I joined the Marine Corps. Okay. Well, that, you know, that's a great story. It kind of reminds me a little bit of, you know, I think, you know, as you know, you think about the Marines, you know, in the beginning as well, I think, you know, when I joined the army thinking about the Marines, I'm like, that they're a little bit too hardcore for me. <laughs> um, just not knowing anything, though. Um, so that that's great to hear um, how you came to be. And you served 25 years in the Marines. So what was what were some of the highlights of your career? I would say that some of those memorable moments that you cherish. Yeah, uh, that was my, my plan. My plan along was, oh, I'll serve my four-year obligation uh, after ROTC, and then you know I'd be getting out. Was was the plan? But but eventually, uh, a, a short time in, I applied to flight school, and then became a helicopter pilot. And of course, with a, a flight contract, there's a, a longer uh, obligation to serve, a long longer payback period for that flight school. So. By the time I was even able to uh, get out of the Marine Corps, like 11 years had passed, <laughs> and uh, uh, but I was having a good time, and uh, I I just decided to uh, keep going. I, I did have a break in service of a short period to get my master's, but then I came back in after 9/11, uh, and my wife was at that time then was very supportive of the idea that hey, if I was willing to serve my country, and then after. 9-11 happened that seems like the time where they needed would need me the most 
So we went back in on active duty and uh, served another, you know, 13, 14 years at that point. But um, some of the highlights, uh, of course, was just the, well, I'd say first and foremost was the opportunity to be with Marines and, and lead Marines and just be in that environment, uh, that culture, being, being a part of that culture. Uh, that was a good for me in many ways. And, uh, you know, it taught me a lot about leadership. Uh, one, if I could say one thing that has stuck with me from the very beginning was uh, something that one of the, our instructors at the basic school said. And so the basic school is the very first school that all Marine officers attend six months long. It's teaches you the basics of being a Marine officer. And then it also gives you the very basic uh, part of what you would need to know to be a Marine uh, platoon rifle platoon commander. And one of these uh, classes taught by a Marine infantry captain uh, was on leadership. And he said, here you are as you know, officers, you've come out, you've just graduated from college and now you're here as an officer. And, and he said, but keep this in mind, always remember this, that you are nothing, your Marines are everything. And the reason for that is that it's your Marines that accomplish the mission. You are there to train them, uh, equip them, make sure that they are fed and paid and have everything they need to succeed and to accomplish the mission. And leading them into that mission is a key part of that. But remember, you are nothing. Your Marines are everything. And that stuck with me. I've tried to apply that as I've gone forward with uh, the people that I work for are, and the people that I work with. Yeah, that definitely shows with the team that you have. Um, you know, I will, you know, as we, you know, are getting wrapped up and I feel like the time goes by so quickly, um, I would love to know, you know, as we're talking about Independence Day and freedom and freedom not being free, what is that statement really, you know, what does that mean to you? I know you've heard it throughout your career, your life. What does freedom isn't free mean to you and, and Independence Day? Well, to me, it means that there is going to be a cost that somebody has to pay. And, you know, as, as Marines and soldiers, sailors, airmen, we, we've said that we've accepted that we will pay the cost. And we've put ourselves forward. We put ourselves out there. So that comes with um, a lot of responsibility. It means that we have to be up to the task for, for the sake of our, our country the sake of our future generations, and that we cannot fail. There's a lot of there's a lot of responsibility there, and fortunately, I've also noticed that the American people are very appreciative of that that we have put ourselves out there, and so that's that's a a fine, you know, a nice thing, I guess. Uh, but just the fact that hey, somebody has to pay that cost, and when you sign on the dotted line, you're the person saying that I will pay it. Well, that is so true. We talk about that so much. And I, I just want to thank you for joining the show and sharing a little bit of your journey as a Marine and what that means to you and for all the work that you do at the Trust Fund. So thank you so much for joining us again today, Lindell. Thank you. It was an honor and it was a lot of fun too. Thanks. All right. Well, um, happy uh, 4th of July, Independence Day. And we'll be right back with our final guest on the Veterans Perspective when we return.
Welcome back to the Veterans Perspective. Joining me is our final guest, Petty Officer Brandon Rhombus, a bosun mate first class. He is in, also in the Navy Reserves. He served in the U.S. Navy for 15 years um, with them in recruiting. He also is currently stationed at the Navy Talent Acquisition Group um, Heartland at the Wyandotte uh, Wyandotte, I said that right, station in Michigan. He's married with three children, ages 10, 8, and a two-year-old baby girl. Welcome to the show. Uh, Thank you. Brandon. Um, so, you know, we are talking about Independence Day, and we're talking about, you know, really, we, we, we hear, you know, some gave all, and we hear all these statements <clears throat> about, you know, freedom not being free. But I'd love, before we kind of get into those conversations, to talk about, you know, why did you join the Navy? Oh, well, I, I joined the Navy. Um, it was actually because um, when I walked into a uh, recruiting office, I probably would have joined any branch that spoke to me first. It was that, though, when I walked in, um, I grabbed a lot of pamphlets and I saw a lot of other recruiters there from other branches and no one was talking to me. And then this Navy chief walks out in his white uniform and his gold buttons and his medals and everything like that. And he looks me right in my face and he says, you want to join the Navy, don't you? And I said, well, I guess I do. And then from that moment on, I've not regretted it. 15 years later, I'm still enjoying it. Yeah, you know, I, it's unfortunate. I've heard that story before. And I think some people miss out on opportunities because they just don't go check and see who's in the lobby. Absolutely. Right? So, uh, well, I, I know that the Navy, Navy is lucky to have you. I know we, Thank you. during the commercial break, you talked about your, your parents uh, being Army. Uh, yes. So I don't know if they were disappointed or just happy that you joined the service. Uh, did they give you a hard time? No, um, my parents were very, uh, they were very supportive of my decision. My father uh, mainly was supportive. My mother, uh, I think she did 15, was it 15? Might've been, I think it was about 15 in the reserve. And my father was active duty army. He was a medic in the army. And um, they were just proud of what I was trying to do. I explained to them why I was doing it. My father was full on 100%. My mother, I'm the oldest of five. Uh, you know, she, my father had to tear her away from the recruiter's arms when it was time for me to go to the, to the, to the, you know, to the bus. And, uh, you know, and she didn't want me to go. And then when I came back from boot camp in my white uniform, oh, yeah, she was showing me around to everybody. Absolutely. Oh, so yeah. it, it Pr works out. Proud moment. Yeah, I, I, I know that uh, military family life. My husband and I both serve. So my kids are my kids, unfortunately, <laughs> the, mm -hmm. the product of two army parents raising them. So I, I, I understand what that's like, too. Um, you know, you joined the Navy, you served um, 15 years active duty, and now you're doing what you're doing um, uh, even more so here in Michigan in the reserve component. You know, what do you enjoy most about that? What I enjoy most about recruiting is um, the opportunity I get to go into these high schools or some of these colleges and even some of the, you know, um, GED centers and secondary uh, educational uh, facilities and uh, have the opportunity to go in there and help change some of these people's lives. A lot of them think that, you know, all they have is what's in front of them until somebody like me walks in and tell them, no, man, there's more to life than what it is uh, that you see right now. Um, I, I, as I'm talking to you now, I can think of several people that I've helped. I remember one guy, he told me he was homeless. And I thought he meant that, uh, you know, he was just going from one parent's house to the next parent's house or from one friend's house to the next friend's house. He was actually legitimately homeless. Mm -hmm. He had no home. And uh, I, I actually found that out when he told me to come pick him up and he was living under an overpass um, off the freeway. And he came in, he was extremely smart. He did very well. And I picked him up 
and I took him to the um, place to join, and then I took him to the hotel. He shipped off. I've only seen him one time since then, and he is, looks like a completely different person. And those are the type of moments that I like. Uh, you know, yes, we get paid well, and we get a lot of other benefits and things like that. But I like the opportunity to go out and help change some people's lives, whether it be to you know get out of the situation you're in, uh, get some college um, under your belt from the military, um, just travel the world. I know that was one of my biggest things. I wanted to go back to college, and I wanted to travel the world. And my first duty station was Japan, and I loved it. Hmm. Yeah, that's it's always nice when you get to um, get out of your your area and see other things, especially with the military. I know that sometimes people join and then they serve a couple states over. <laughs> like I want right. to go out, so it's oh, really no. great when you get that opportunity. I wanted, get, I wanted to get out the country. I mean, I'm from the east side of Detroit. I mean, a brother like me would never go into Japan. So yeah. yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad I did, and all the other places I've been, I've enjoyed it very much. Well, and, you know, you brought up something that, you know, it's unfortunate, but it's, it happens all over in other states as well, as well, but it's happening in Michigan, where you see some of the reservists and National Guard members that are homeless or jobless or, right. you know, uh, they, they can't get certain benefits. And so I do want to encourage anyone listening who's serving in the reserve component or National Guard or any of those um, components Absolutely. that um, you can reach out to us at 1-800-MISHVET and we can actually get you connecting connected to um, housing opportunities. Um, we can get you emergency financial assistance. Um, we can um, get you connected to employment opportunities. We have over 430 something uh, uh, veteran-friendly employers who have committed to hiring veterans, and they're always seeking us from different realms, different spheres, different types of employment. So we have opportunities that we can get you connected to. Just give us a call. Um, you know, um, Brandon. You know what? You know, we talked about like kind of like this saving, this changing lives is what you're doing, and that's right. part of what you enjoy. What does Independence Day mean to you? And you know, I, I think it's an important question too. When we talk about intersectionality because you are you know, you're an African-American male serving in the reserves. There's all kinds of things that happen on the news and in the community as we talk about Independence Day and does it really mean the same for black Americans or, you know, brown skinned Americans as it does everybody else, especially having put on the uniform. Um, what does Independence Day mean to you and this whole notion of freedom isn't free? What does that mean? The notion of freedom isn't free. I, I can kind of go along with that because it costs to have freedom. Now, uh, and uh, people like myself and people like yourself, we're just reaping the benefits of those that you know that that paid that paid the cost. And unfortunately, as we go forward in our future here in in this country, uh, you know that bill does come back around again, which means I am also going to be paying for my children. You'll be paying for your family and people that's up under you. So, you know, is freedom isn't free? No, but it's well worth the bill. And so. Uh, Independence Day is is extremely important, not just for blacks, whites, reds, and browns. It's it's important for everyone. Uh, we are one country together. At least that's mm -hmm. that, that's the way it ought to be perceived. Yeah. We are one country together. It does not matter uh, whether it's a black hand or a white hand. We're, we're it's, it's a hand. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So we're we're one people together. We celebrate our freedoms together. We celebrate our independence together, and we we ought to be fighting together. Now, of mm -hmm. course, everyone may not share those views, but that's what it should be. That's what it yeah. is to me. Yeah, I, you know, I definitely agree with that sentiment. And, you know, I was just going to ask you, like, what should we, how can we continue to, to sell that message? Because people of all different uh, genders and, right. and, and races and backgrounds serve in the military and they, they serve everyone. That's how I kind of look at it. Mm -hmm. I look at it as, you know, when I put on the uniform, it was for my family and for my country. 
And so my country is made up of the melting pot. And so um, I, I love the fact that you said we need to fight together. And w- when we talk about fight, we're not talking about necessarily physically fighting. Absolutely. Um, we're talking about, you know, looking at the fact that we embrace the knowledge and we can start with the military and say that um, freedom isn't free. Somebody's right. paying the cost. Right. A lot of people are paying the cost across the spectrum of what what people look like. And so if we start there and say, if all of these different people are willing to pay the cost, what what can I do in my my area to make a difference in a positive way? So I, I, I love that. I love what you're doing. And so if people are interested in learning more about the Naval Reserves, where can they go? Because it sounds oh, like well, you're, you're fired up to to oh, share some knowledge. Always, <laughs> always. As a recruiter, I'm recruiting all the time. My wife always tells me we can never go out and enjoy a good meal at a restaurant because I'm constantly looking at people to recruit. If you <laughs> want to know more about the uh, Navy and uh, how we can help you and how uh, you can get involved in it, how you can sign up, how you can join, uh, I know here in Wyandotte, 3179 4th Street, and here in Wyandotte, Downriver area, we are more than willing to help you. There are several recruiters here that can do it. Uh, also, you can go online, go to Navy.com, Navy Jobs, things of that nature, and either our headquarters staff or someone will get in contact with you if you are interested in doing it. It's, it's a wonderful experience. I've done and been doing it now for 15 years. I've not regretted it one time. And the time I've been in the Navy, I'm over 20 something countries more than once that I've been able and had the opportunity to visit. And you know, just a ton of knowledge, a ton of wealth, a ton of resources. The Navy is always coming out with something new. It's always, it's always changing, it's always being beneficial. And it is a great benefit to anyone that wants to get involved. But thank you so much for joining us today and thank you for all you do. Remember, you you can find out any information that we share today at 1-800-MISHFIT. That's 1-800-642-4838. And we want to thank all our guests for joining us today. Happy 4th of July, and we'll see you next week on The Veterans Perspective.